0: Show number 135 of Look at His Butt, L.T. and J.K. Talk Trek. It is a new show. It's a brand new show. It's a show. brand new show of the show that's called Look at His Butt.
1: And it's coming to you slowly.
0: <laughs> it's in my face! Ah! Oops, my power cord just came out.
1: Uh-oh. So, we just watched... <laughs> From Craft Theater.
0: Craft Theater, back in, in
1: 1958. 58 in the days of live TV. And the episode we watched, <clears throat> excuse me, was called "The Man Who Didn't Fly." Correct.
0: And starring <laughs>
1: William Shatner.
0: William Shatner. And it was broadcast on 16th of July, 1958. Okay. And it starred a bunch of people who we didn't know, but it did also have Jonathan Harris. Yes. Who I love. I love Jonathan Harris. And he was perfect in this mm-hmm. sort of supercilious and uh, slightly arch. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, that more than pretty much sums slightly. him up. Yeah. <laughs> so that was great. That that was really good. Um, so let's see. It Actually, you know, it was an hour. I didn't think it was going to be an hour, but it was an right. hour. And as we were just saying after it was over, you know, when they had, craft Dinner started in 1947. So it was on for 11 years at mm-hmm. this point. That's a lot of hours of television to fill up, Yeah, 52 weeks a year. So every week they had to come up with some story to adapt. And at, when you've been on the air for 11 years, I guess you start scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to novels to adapt. Well, this is it. They're saying it, it's from this novel. And there
1: wasn't enough plot to be more than, what, two, three chapters at most? Yeah, pretty much. But the plot, as, such as it was, was it started out, we saw this pilot... Mm -hmm. and his plane goes down, boom. And it turns out he was the pilot for a private chartered plane Mm -hmm. that was going to Liverpool. Mm -hmm. They went down in the uh, Bristol
0: Channel. Bristol Channel, yes.
1: And uh, he had three passengers aboard. But then there was this confusion. Were there only two? They'd Mm -hmm. gotten the idea only two men had flown. So for some reason, an inspector is looking into this, and the three men had all been staying at this same guest house. Mm -hmm. In Devon, Devon or somewhere yes. So he goes there, and we get the story told through flashbacks from the memories of these two women. One is mm-hmm. the guest house owner's daughter, mm-hmm. and the other is the wife of one of the men who went down with the plane.
0: And and then it turned into murder on the Orient Express. It, <laughs> it, it, it really sort
1: of did, but the, the gist of it was Jonathan Harris was this I guess successful businessman. Mm-hmm. Why he's living in a, this cheesy guest <laughs> house? No, nope, was never explained. And uh, he had a big deal going up in London, and uh, the girl's father wanted to get in on it, so he finally agreed to do this. In the meantime, Bill has been staying there as a guest. The girl falls in love with him. He's charming. He's hot. He's good looking. He's William Shatner. He's William Shatner. Is Shatner? Shatner. Yes. And uh, and so they're they're going to get married. And uh, the other woman had had an affair with Bill at some point, and he was blackmailing mm-hmm. her. So the father doesn't like Bill, and the the daughter doesn't want him to put his money in it because Bill has told her that Jonathan Harris is a con man. Mm-hmm. So she, she says, well, have Bill, Harry, <laughs> go to Liverpool with your money to find out if this deal is legitimate. So they do that. Well, then the plane crashes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's. That's where they're coming from is finding out all these different things about who was Harry Walters. Mm-hmm. And he had said he was a poet mm-hmm. and he had recited poetry mm-hmm. to her and then she heard one of his poems as the closing line to a radio so she hysterically calls the BBC <laughs> demanding to know. And it was in that day's time so it was written by somebody named Thorndike. So she goes up to London and meets this Thorndike guy who's just this slob <laughs> of a poet and Bill is his roommate, mm-hmm. and Bill tells you this stupid story about he had a car accident on the way to the airport, and he's been in the hospital with total amnesia, and he's just got out today. And you liar, you liar! And then the inspector comes in and arrests him. The end.
0: <laughs> so you're watching this, thing, and he sabotages. He sabotaged. Plane. So for for forty five minutes, sorry, fifty minutes, you're watching this, and you're thinking, what's going to be the twist at the end? You know, first we think that that. Um, Bill is a poet and then we think that Bill's a blackmailer and then we think that maybe Jonathan Harris is the con man and then we find out that maybe Bill really wasn't on the plane and what's going to be the big twist that wraps this up at the end and the twist turns out that there is no twist. Well, it's
1: 1958. (laughs) They weren't big into twists then. They wanted everything laid out nice and neat. Um, The the strange thing is, as as we've been talking about, like so many of these things, they had an hour to fill (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so there's filler but couldn't they have filled, you made filler out of th- something that would have been useful? Such as, at the beginning they, they interview this plane mechanic. Yes. And, and they're going, isn't it possible three men could have gotten on? Oh, no, 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 it's only two, governor, only two. <laughs> you know, he's very modified. Like. <laughs> and then <laughs> as the, 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 the police officer walks away, they do this close-up on him, and he's like twitchy. So you're going, he's lying, he's lying. Well... What was the connection between
0: him and anything? <laughs> they never did anything else with that. Not one thing did they do with that. It was, um, it was very strange, and uh, it, it was supposed to take place in England, as you say. It was in mm-hmm. Devon, and then they had to go flying up to, to Liverpool. And the, there was um, a, a very uh, wide variety of English accents so the woman who played the daughter, Hester, <laughs> seemed authentically English, as did her father. And then mm-hmm. everybody else just their accents kind of went in and out, or they really weren't and then the guy who was the poet, Roger Thorndike, was like from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem to have any. Except accent. he <laughs> rowed his eyes. <arms. laughs> so that was really weird. I, I you know, I understand that they weren't able to get a cast of all authentically English actors, but they should have just sort of dropped that conceit that we were actually supposed to be in England because it really ruined it. <laughs>
1: well, I have to tell you what I thought when the door opened at Thorndykes and it was, you know, like uh-huh. I said, this slob of a guy, you know, he's overweight and he's got a beard and he's, he apparently stays home all day writing this crap. I really thought he was like a foreshadowing of a Trekkie. <laughs> I'm writing my fanfic. <laughs> lasers. <laughs> Um, another another question is, okay, so are we supposed to think that Bill just toodles around England <laughs> until he finds a guest house and goes in there and... Finds out that somebody's got some money
0: or, or uh, what? I, I mean, is I he the it, greatest improv artist ever? Did he do a little research? I, I think he was at the guest house because he followed Ferguson's wife there to blackmail her specifically. Uh, oh, I, I think that's what you're it was. You're much smarter than I am, yes. Right. yes. So he was keeping tabs on her and found out that this was where she was going. So he followed her to do the blackmail thing. Um, so let's talk about Bill. Yeah, let's talk about Bill. 1958. Mm-hmm. He was so thin. Ooh, oh, yeah. looking very very slim. Um I think he was wearing a wig.
1: Yes, it wasn't it wasn't good. No,
0: it was not a toupee. It was very dark, mm-hmm. which black and white is hard to tell, but I don't yeah. think it looked very good. But his face looked lovely.
1: And the thing is when he is young like that and he's at that that trim weight, um you know, sort of foreshadowing of Kirk Light or whatever. The The camera and the shadows just play up those high cheekbones mm-hmm. so
0: beautifully. Yeah, he looked really, really nice. And he was in full um, charm and hotness mode throughout this, which was oh, really yeah. lovely, despite the stupid dialogue he had to say. Um, so we got to see him uh, kissing. The, mm-hmm. the girl a couple of times, and then there was one really good scene. <gasps> it was with, wonderful with the woman that he was blackmailing, where uh, they're they're alone together for the first time, and she's saying, "Why have you come?" And he explains all this to her. And while he's explaining to her that he's blackmailing her, he's basically seducing her all over again. Yeah, and he's he's holding her, and he's tracing her collarbone with his fingers because she's wearing sort of a low necked uh-huh. dress, and then when she 's turned around he 's standing behind her, and he 's sort of nuzzling her neck and her ear, and all the while he 's talking about how he 's going to blackmail her <laughs> it, it was fantastic, and the thing is
1: he 's nuzzling her neck and everything he 's not doing it in this slobbery no, way he 's not doing at it in all. this total cool yet incredibly warm bill way and I was thinking, okay, we have seen him you know kiss and make love to a lot of women, but i don 't think we 've ever seen. You know the the running the hand along the oh, collarbone. Was I was nice. like, I said, "Oh my God, I would
0: melt." Oh, of course you would. Oh. I mean, who who wouldn't when that was happening? How much do you want? Uh, really? <laughs> and and I was, I, after that scene was over, and we had a cigarette, um, <laughs> I said to you, "Do you think the director had to give him any instruction on that how to play that scene at all?" <laughs> and you said, "No, no, no."
1: I yeah, yeah. Bill can do it all and make sure he's still in the light and. Yeah and that they're not running overtime or under time and he
0: remembers his lines and, and he, he delivers knows his them lines flawlessly and beautifully and just everything uh,
1: there was another scene with um the the girl mm-hmm. um the the daughter that he was in love with and and they're talking and, and kissing and they're out in the garden or on the patio <laughs> yes. whatever they call them in England and okay the camera's on the two of them and then they slowly he he starts to say this poem to her and then they slowly sing, sink to out. the ground so we don't see them anymore but he's still saying the poem and of course we're just having these filthy thoughts of we're going to hear him undressing her in a minute and then the camera goes up towards these lights that are supposed to be the stars because it's bill
0: it is so he was reciting poetry to her while he was fucking her on the patio of her parents guest house yes <laughs> Yes, that's the whole Bill experience right yes. there. And, and that was really um, the highlight of the whole... It was. ...shenanigan. Oh, it really was. I have to say, I was very amused by one of the scenes uh, where they're having dinner and um, <laughs> they're talking and Bill is shoveling the food in. Now, I know, you know, he's supposed they're supposed to eat and in the other eating scene, people were eating, but they were more mimicking the eating. They weren't uh-huh. actually eating the food. He was... Pushing the food into his mouth. And when he had a line, yeah, he, he like,
1: had <laughs> mistimed it, so he's like... Rah, 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 rah. So
0: I was like, I know he was a starving young actor, but should we interpret that literally? Like, this was his big meal for the day, was getting to eat on camera. And he was just like...
1: <laughs> really? Well, the other thing funny. you pointed out that was just so wonderful is... You know, this inspector is interviewing these two women, and they go, I remember the night Harry arrived. And then we get this whole scene from the one person's point of view. And then the other woman is saying, yes, I remember when he told me blah, blah, blah. So we get that scene, all right? That was immediately followed by another scene that neither of the women was in. (laughs) But
0: somehow, someone is relating this to the inspector, because we saw it on the screen, yeah. So who knows? Maybe she was psychic or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, Other highlight was uh, the the craft commercials. <laughs> so this was
1: the one com- of which nearly made us throw up our fajitas. <laughs> oh my
0: god! So it was craft. It was craft theater, obviously sponsored by craft. And then, as now, craft makes everything. So we had a, a commercial for mayonnaise, um, a commercial for about seven different kinds of cheese, including. Very unappetizing Velveeta cheese, mm-hmm. which they sold in two-pound blocks back then. Uh, hey, you said back then. like they, so long did time they ago. sell it now? I don't know if they blocks? do now, but
1: that's what we had. And my mother oh. had one of those little roller cheese slicers. Oh. The, and and
0: they sewed a recipe for oh my god! It we was, thought they were making macaroni and cheese, but, but no, we were wrong. It was a cheese sauce that was over. Rice and peas and 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 pimento. And and onions, and you're supposed to toss it all together and bake it in the oven? Oh, it sounded bad. So there was that. Then there was Kraft low-calorie dressing. They didn't say what flavor it was, though, Mm -hmm. so it looked orangey. But you toss it liberally on everything. Cauliflower, salads, fruit, just everything that was there. Um, Margarine. Craft margarine. <laughs> yes. Lovely golden deluxe margarine. And mm-hmm. did you notice on that package that it was not the word deluxe, it was the two words. De- deluxe. Lux. Yes. Craft deluxe margarine. Mm-hmm. That you're supposed to put on everything because it's so much better than butter.
1: Yes. Yes. And the thing is as I guess was the style then. Um the housewife would get this stuff out of the fridge like the jar. We never saw the housewife, we only no, saw our her hands. hands. And then she would slowly bring the jar towards the camera. And this happened in every commercial. We are like, we were getting creeped out by this. You know, it was really kind
0: of spooky. It was. The hand is bringing the product close to your face so all you can see is the label on it. No! And their idea of a, of a housewife was,
1: you know, it's like, okay, the housewife is putting out slices of cheese. You cut up some cheese and you put it out. No, no. You place it very place precisely it. and sort of it's fanned and and then earlier she was chain linking <laughs> slices of pineapple. pineapple.
0: Oh my god. And it's god, it's no wonder women needed so many drugs back then. Oh, if this is what you were expected to do, oh my god, it was so scary. <laughs> and and then <laughs> The, the commercial, the one part for the cheese. And they're putting it on a ham and cheese sandwich, which was fine. But then it was a pickle sandwich. It was like pickles and Swiss cheese and, I don't know, mayonnaise or something. It's was like, who eats that? oh <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> That was horrible. <laughs> but you know what I really liked about it? The ending to those commercials, as the the phantom hand is bringing the product <laughs> closer and closer to your face, is that the cameraman occasionally lost focus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it was it attention. was live TV. Oh my God. Oh, the craft commercials. Oh, and you also got to see the little um, the icon, the little metal guy with the camera. Oh yeah, that was around. weird. That was weird too.
1: And you know, even though this had love making and everything, I can't help thinking but that other live T V thing we saw ages ago with Boris Karloff. Oh yes. <laughs> Where um Bill got wet. Yes. And he was on crutches and his pants were all wet and then didn't Boris Karloff <laughs> shoot the family duck <laughs> or something? I mean oh my god. But I think Bill was even younger. He was. In I that. think
0: that was like fifty four or yeah. maybe even earlier. It might have been
1: 52. But um yeah, he he looked he looked beautiful in this and like I said, I'm I'm not sure I have ever seen anything that that drew my focus so sharply to his cheekbones. Yeah,
0: he looked good. I uh, will notice something um there was a scene where he was wearing a short sleeve shirt which was a little mm-hmm. too big for him and he had a, a cravat too big for him. A cravat which yes. was like <laughs> <laughs> but you know, whatever. Oh, and there was another
1: scene the, the 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 father and the daughter were like in the study mm-hmm. having a discussion. They hear all this noise, so they go running out. And the the, the next scene <laughs> opens with the camera close up on Bill, who's like upside down with Jonathan, Jonathan Harris is choking him. Yeah, with
0: his hands on his throat oh, and messing up his cravat, and and um, Bill's going ah. <laughs> and then it's very cool. Um, but but I was going to say about him wearing this short sleeve shirt was that um. There were a couple of scenes where you really got to see his forearms. Mm-hmm. And um, because he was so thin, I mean, you could see that his forearms had, like, no body fat and mm-hmm. everything. And this was clearly before he had started working out. Because I noticed, I mean, in Trek... Mm-hmm. Even though he's bigger, that his arms are much more muscular. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just a lot more meat on the bones in right. here. His hands are so delicate and his wrists are so thin.
1: Well, maybe I that's why remember. he played all of those mummy roles where it, he, was, he played yeah. spoiled mama boys and, you know, these spineless wimps. Mm-hmm.
0: But his hands were very delicate and very yes. beautiful. And, yes, you know, I, I was watching them. That mm-hmm. was nice. Very nice. Yeah, he looked good. And he was good, <laughs> you know. His, his acting was fine, although... Yeah. The, the dialogue was very stilted. It didn't sound like oh, the way no, real people no. talk.
1: Um, while we're talking uh, about Bill and his hands and things, I just want to bring up, um, before we started recording, um, I don't know, a, a while back on the blog I'd posted this appearance of Bill on the Mike Douglas show mm-hmm. with Stiller and Mira and little Christy McNichols, and he was wearing this beautiful red velvet shirt. And we watched part two, which was Bill reciting um, part of War of the Worlds, which mm-hmm. was part of his... Um,
0: his live, thing his at
1: live tour. Thing. And I had heard it, you know, I've got the recordings, but this was really wonderful to watch and maybe I'll put it up on the blog because um he's really using his hands a yeah. lot, but not in this stupid way, you know, not just like over mm-hmm. flapping or, or or whatever. But to watch how his hands are working with what he's saying to really paint this this picture. And mm-hmm. it was just wonderful to, to actually see it. I'd never seen him do it. Mm-hmm. So I said I had heard it. And there he was in this beautiful red velvet, oh, you know, v-neck shirt. And with great hair. The, the best hair I think he's ever, ever had.
0: It looked really natural and oh, really flattering. Oh, God, yes. It was
1: gorgeous. It was
0: gorgeous. Um, I always thought that he did wonderful things with his hands on Trek, mm-hmm. you know, especially because he was so much in contrast to Spock, who never used his hands right. at all, right? Leonard Nimoy typically had his hands behind his back mm-hmm. whatever. But Bill was always doing things with his hands that seemed very natural but added a lot of energy and action. Mm-hmm. When he was on the bridge, he would stroke his chin or he had that um, the pressing the bridge of his nose mm-hmm. thing, which became a little trademark for when Kirk was having... A headache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just having a really hard time about something. But he, he was good at using his hands, as I say, very naturally, but it, it brought a lot to it. hmm
1: Well and what I was noticing in this War of the World things is um is is that when his hand his hands never really just hang out of side, no, But they were sort of out and not relaxed and it's like his hands were ready to spring into action, of you course. know, bill action mode. Yeah. And I think his whole body's like that, without looking tense. Mm-hmm. It's
0: just ready to go for whatever. He's action man. He's action Kirk. Action hands. Action yeah. everything. Ready for mm-hmm. action. Always, always ready. Always ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we we can check that off the list.
1: Yes, and you know it was it was the story itself was not interesting, but again, seeing Bill in these early things and 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 getting this sort of i don't know insight into early television mm-hmm. That Otherwise, why would we, we ever be sitting around watching these things from the, the 50s and, and, you know, the early 60s, Dr. Kildare and things like that? Yeah. And, and also to watch the uh, progression of toupees. And, yeah, of course. And the, the, the muscles coming on or not being there yet at
0: yeah. all. And, it is a little jarring watching something like this for, for our generation who has only ever seen taped TV <laughs> when, when they mess up.
1: Yes, And it happened. When they, you know, sort of stutter a line. Yeah,
0: or or just, um, I think there was actually a part where one of the actors forgot a little bit what he was supposed to do, Mm -hmm. and you could hear him. But he made it into what his character was supposed to be doing. He was a bit flustered, so he was going... You mean, you mean, and then he went like that, and then he got the rest of the line out, which was good. But, um, yeah, it it is weird. It it really catches your ear when someone stumbles over a line Mm -hmm. because you're so used to hearing it normally.
1: Well, you know what was interesting to me, too, about this, what you're saying about the difference between live and taped television? Okay, back then they did an awful lot of these things Mm -hmm. live, and the idea was, you know, it's live. You have to keep going. Well, at one point, I don't know their hundredth or two millionth show or whatever. Will and Grace did what was supposedly a live episode, mm-hmm. and I saw part of it, and I was so infuriated by it because they just kept cracking up and doing it over.
0: Oh, that's which annoying. I'm sure
1: is what they do in front of a live audience, and mm-hmm. then an editor puts the whole thing together. I'm going. Well that kind of takes away the whole filmed in front of a live audience thing like I mean the whole point Desi Arnaz of doing of inventing the three camera thing was they could just keep, keep going, going yeah. and you had what it's called a line editor or a line director who was editing on the fly as they were doing it moving to camera 2 to mm-hmm. camera 3 but they just kept going yeah and this whole thing that you're professional actors and you've rehearsed this all week and you're just cracking up and forgetting your lines and thinking that's funny and cute that's terrible I mean that's part of what annoys me about blooper reels is they're not really funny they're just people forgetting lines and laughing Mm oh yeah so that's annoying this idea of live television where okay it's an hour long we've got an hour to do it so you can't suddenly speed up you can't suddenly Mm -hmm. slow down and it's part of being a professional is being able to do those things. And I'm watching it going, you guys are getting paid a shitload more than those actors were. And you're you're acting like kindergartners. Really?
0: It's a whole different type of uh, training. Yeah. And different from... Doing a stage play, too, mm-hmm. where you get to work at it every night. You're doing it over and over again, mm-hmm. so you get to refine it. You basically have one chance. You rehearse it all week, but you do a dress rehearsal, and then it's live. And that's yeah. it. You don't get another chance to, to make it any better. Mm-hmm. That's as good as it's ever going to get, because right. I'm not going to ask you to do it again.
1: Well, and the thing is, okay, they say filmed in front of a live audience. But, you know, all those sitcoms that say that, you know, it's then very carefully put together. Mm-hmm. But, like, Saturday Night Live literally was shown Live. Yeah. I mean, on the West Coast, they got a tape of that live mm-hmm. thing. But again, it was like, if you were going to fuck up, you had to make that part of the sketch. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Oh, a different time. A very, very, very mm-hmm. different time. I did notice in this that uh, there were several scenes where you could hear stuff happening in the background. Yes. People walking around mm-hmm. and things being moved and probably sets being changed or whatever. Yeah. And, I thought the actors did a good job of not getting distracted by the sounds that were happening mm-hmm. around them. It was very professional. Yep. So,
1: bravo, Bill. We're glad you went on to bigger and better things and became the captain no. of
0: the Enterprise. Oh, there is one more thing I want to say about this Oh, show, okay. Which is that um, the, the woman that he falls in love with, her name is Hester... And we find out at the beginning that she had had a relationship with the guy who's investigating the case, whatever his name was. <coughs> Jack. I think it was Jack, mm-hmm. like your dog. Inspector Jack. In- inspector Jack. So Inspector Jack is still in love with her, but she's not in love with him. And when she talks about why she's not in love with him, it's because he's boring. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. You know, and she looks to be at least four, maybe 10 or 15 years younger than he is. Mm-hmm. So she just doesn't want to be married to a police inspector who, who's old and boring. Who's old and boring. So then when Bill comes blowing into her life like a hurricane, of course she falls in love with him. Of Who wouldn't? Course. And especially all that great sex. That didn't hurt either. Yeah. So then she finds out Not that... Not to mention
1: the mushy poetry.
0: She, she He's involved in this crash. And the whole time that she doesn't know if he's dead or alive, Inspector Jack basically comes to her two days later and is like, forget about him and come be with me again. Yeah. It's like, that's pretty insane. Let's go you know? to the policeman's ball. Yeah, you know, like... <laughs> Give her time. So anyway, uh, so he's pursuing her and pursuing her, and she keeps saying, no, 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 I don't want to. Um, and she doesn't say, it's not you, it's me. She right. basically says, it's You're you. Boring. You're boring. Yes. And then at the very end, after Bill gets hauled off to jail, he he does it again and says, you know, do you want a ride back to wherever they're going? And the implication very strongly is that if she accepts the ride, now they're hooked up together. Mm-hmm. And she has some hesitation, but eventually she accepts the ride. So what's the moral there? The moral is, if you can't have William Shatner and excitement in your life, you should settle for the boring thing that's going to tie you down and make you miserable because everybody expects you to do it. Yeah. Oh, that was pretty bad. It was. And I felt really betrayed. I was really hoping that Inspector Jack was going to walk out of the room and just leave her there, because that would have been a good ending, and then she would have had to think about this and right, she right, would deal with her heartbreak, and, and then and, we
1: could figure out. Okay, so she's going to say, hmm. It's William Shatner who's a criminal or this boring cop. I'd rather be a criminal's
0: Exactly. than
1: than that. And so she'd go and she'd visit him in jail and Mm -hmm. sit in the courtroom with him and be a big leader
0: in the conjugal visits um, movement. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah, so that just felt bad. It was a bad way to end that.
1: Yeah, but given what they were showing us with pickle sandwiches and stuff, which were— Wonderful things to feed your family on a picnic. I'd rather eat the ants. Uh, oh. You know, they, they
0: had no idea what was what, what women were, really.: Yes, I know. Strange, strange creatures from another planet.. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, do you want to take a break here? Yes, a please. little break. All right. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about um, Star Trek pickup lines.: that's Oh OK,. A, that's our next topic. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new
1: civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before.
0: We say it all the time, but I'll say it again, we love hearing from you. Blogging at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com, comments to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. All right. Well, here we go. This was a little note. I I believe this was sent to me by uh, our man in New Zealand. And it's at a blog called Tech Republic.
1: Wait, didn't you have a surprise for me? I do, but I'm going to get to that later. Oh, okay. I want do this first.
0: This is a little (laughs) article called Star Trek Pickup Lines That Never Landed Me a Date. Now, I I read this article. Mm Mm-hmm. And it does mention the Captain Kirk's
1: Guide to Women. It does mention that. that, And we, several shows back, were talking about that and Mm -hmm. those pickup lines and how did they work out for anybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nobody ever told us. But so this, you know, kind
0: of ties into something from an earlier show. Yeah. Uh, So let's see. Um, He developed some of his own to try on the elusive geek, geek, excuse me, geek girl. He says, looking back, there were a number of rejects, including, would you like to pet my tribble? That's a bad one. Um, The best that I could have hoped for was that line would have been outright laughter. The worst would have been a slap. (laughs) Perhaps I've lost my tribble and I need help finding it would have worked better. I suppose that my favorite would be asking a female, how long have you known Harry Mudd? When she replied she didn't know Harry, then I would say, I didn't know it was possible for anyone to be that beautiful without the Venus drug.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Let's see. Um, Now let's assume, and this is a big assumption, that the relationship has proceeded to the next step, actual physical contact. I had a line for this eventuality. Did the earth move for you, or are we sitting on a horda? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's see. Oh, and then he, he said, if you wanted to be a Vulcan, you could say... I am in the, the beginning stages of Pon Far and I need your assistance." That's pretty bad.
1: That's really bad.
0: He says, um, although being a Trekkie eventually worked out because my first date with my wife was to go see a Star Trek movie, I asked her to go out with me three months before the film came out, which he found odd for some reason.
1: <laughs> That's the part of the article I really <laughs> love, yes. that he's planning it three months in advance.
0: Now, um, there aren't any comments on this, but he does end with a request. What are the geekiest lines you have tried on a potential love interest, and how did they go over? Have you ever suggested a game of Klingon boggle? (laughs) (laughs) Invited a date to a science fiction convention, or said I love you in binary or in Klingon? Please share. You're among friends. Well, you know, as you were
1: reading it, and we were going over these lines about are we sitting on a horda and stuff, I was thinking, okay, if you tried those in a bar or somebody you met at a party, yeah, you'd probably totally bomb. If you try them at a Star Trek convention,
0: <laughs> you might do okay. You might do okay. Um, let's see. Oh, there is a comment here. Let me see. And it says, uh, resistance is futile. Ha, 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 ha. That's so clever. That's not very funny. But, you know, I really like the description of the author. He is a network administrator in the healthcare industry. Aww, <laughs> network administrator. Yeah. <laughs> it. How may I help you? Yeah. <laughs> Have you tried turning it off and back on again? Yeah.
1: So, let me ask you this: yeah? as, as a potential um, person on the receiving end,
0: mm-hmm.
1: would any Star Trek line other than "Hello, I'm William Shatner"? <laughs>
0: Which always works.
1: Always works. Always works. And I've just vomited on a dolphin. No. <laughs> would you care to sterilize me? And the dolphin.
0: <laughs> no, forget the dolphin. Um, would any of those lines work? No, absolutely not. Yeah. No, pickup lines don't work.
1: No, they don't. They
0: don't. Not at all. But it's,
1: it, you know, it is genuinely hard to approach a person you don't know or to have just met and just... Open a conversation. Mm-hmm. So I can see why people are looking for lines, and I can certainly see why they're looking to Captain Kirk of and course, Bill of for, course. for help with this.
0: Well, I don't know. I, I mean, if you were trying to, to talk to someone at a Star Trek convention or pick up on it, chances are really, really good that there's going to be something about them that you could use as a conversation opener. Mm-hmm. Perhaps their costume. Well, <laughs> yeah, this
1: is... That's exactly it. You're all there for similar reasons, yeah. if not exactly the same reason. So I think it would be very easy to talk to yeah. someone there. But, you know, if it's someone you're working with, or let's say it's somebody who, who waits on you frequently at a, a store you go to or something, and you really want to strike up a conversation, mm-hmm. not about the avocados you just bought, or, but, you know, something else, mm-hmm. It's tricky. It's hard. It's
0: very hard. I agree.
1: And, and the thing is, because, just because of what the situation is, I think most people freeze up. Their brains shut down. They mm-hmm. don't know.
0: I agree. But, you know, I think if, if you want to... Here's one thing that would work for me. Okay. okay. If someone that I sort of knew or who had even a little bit of knowledge about the fact that I really like Star Trek and wanted to open a conversation and said, Kirk or Picard... That would be great. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good way because that's opening a conversation. Yes. That's a thing that doesn't say, hello, I'm hitting on you now. Right. Right. It's a conversation. And in that conversation, that particular conversation, you have to pick a side and you have to defend it. Mm -hmm. That's a really good idea. Yeah. That's a very good idea. And you could do
1: that with other things,
0: but I think that would and be good. And the nice thing really is good.
1: you don't need to preface it. You don't have to go up with some phony thing like, nope. um, my friend and I have a bet and we'd like you to set you know, or you know, I've just really been worrying about this. I'd like to get your input. You mm-hmm. just go up and you go, Kirk or
0: Picard? You don't say, hi, I'd like to ask you. You don't say anything. You just say Kirk or Picard. And, and if the person that you want to talk to is the kind of person that you want to be talking to, they're going to go, Take a deep breath, and then they're going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And then you get to come back, and then the yeah. conversation goes from there. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my advice to all you out there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's very good. Oh. And, you know, that's really that's helpful advice. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, here's a question that I don't know the answer to. William Shatner was on the Dr. Oz show recently. Dr. Oz is that... Oh, I saw that, yeah. Opera. Okay. Opera. Oprah, excuse me. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, Dr. Oz has an opera?
0: And Bill's question to him was, how long do I have left? Yes. <laughs> so um, Bill says, I just realized I have gotten old, and how will I know how long I have left? Dr. Oz told him he thinks he has a long time, and he will do everything he can to help that. Dr. Oz told him there are four risk factors, and he asked him four questions. Number one, do you smoke? Number two, are you eating three meals a day that have some elements of fruits or vegetables? Elements. Mm-hmm. caradium, <laughs> Potato yum. <laughs> elements. Potato yum. It's an element. I like that. Number three, are you having at least two hours a week of exercise? And number four, are you having more than one drink a day? Answers, no, he doesn't smoke to number one. Number two, yes, he eats healthy. Okay. A lot. A lot. (laughs) Three, yes, he was riding horses on the weekend. He does that. Mm -hmm. And number four, no, he doesn't drink. He then said he hardly ever drinks, and when he does, he has a beer. So that's a little more information about the drinking thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, then he asked him some more questions about um, which things can lower heart disease, and uh, there are three possible answers. Daily crossword puzzle. Avoiding alcohol or a funny movie. Which one of those three lowers your heart disease, your risk of heart disease, I should say? Read them to me again. A is a daily crossword puzzle, B is avoiding alcohol, and C is watching a funny movie.
1: I'd say B and C. Okay.
0: And then I'll read this to you. Now before Dr. Oswood answered the brain buster question, he looked at William Shatner and said, I've wanted to do this for a long time, and he kissed him on the cheek. Yes. <laughs> And the answer to um, the question was a funny movie, because laughter is the best medicine. It relaxes the blood vessels and lowers your blood pressure.
1: Well, good.
0: Yeah, I saw that little clip somewhere. I'm kind of surprised I didn't send it to you. No, I did not watch that. Sorry. I thought that that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. So now we know a little bit about Bill's lifestyle. He eats healthy, but probably... A lot. A lot, more than the average person eats because Bill has a big appetite yes. for everything. His his
1: passions are unquenched.
0: <laughs> just like he was when he was thirty five.
1: That's right. And he was getting it left and right and he, up and okay. down. Yeah. Um And he's very
0: active he physically. Is. He's always riding horses. I just retweeted that the other day. Mm-hmm. And he was riding his horses. He said, It's like Zen. <laughs> And Zen is like sex? I guess. Everything's like sex. (laughs) For Bill. (laughs) For Bill. Well, this is Captain Kirk.
1: Acting's like sex. (laughs) Acting is sex. I want to make love to an entire audience.
0: I imagine myself embracing the audience.
1: Making the audience have this massive audience (laughs) orgasm. (laughs)
0: Bill, 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 Bill. So Which he could do so easily. I know. So as of this recording, the show's not on yet. Shit, right. shit my dad says, but it's going to be on. And we were talking a little bit at dinner um, as to whether we think it's going to be good or not. So let's just talk for a couple minutes um, about what we think is going to happen with that show. Let's say if it's bad, it'll just get canceled and... Bill will have forgotten about it by the time it's canceled, and he'll be on to the next big Mm -hmm. thing. But what if it's successful? What do you think is going to happen? Then it will be renewed and Bill will do more. I don't know. What are you getting at? Like, in the way that Boston Legal was successful, and Mm -hmm. it became this other thing that people knew Bill for, do you think that this show could become successful enough that there would be a whole other group of people who would know him primarily via this and not via other things?
1: Um... The thing is, okay, it's based on Twitter, mm-hmm. which is very now. Mm-hmm. So you know, you might think, "Ooh, young people," but but, it, but it's a sitcom. It, that's just it. And from what I've heard, they're doing it as a, pretty much a traditional type sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know that it's going to get an audience that doesn't have a lot of familiarity with who Bill is or what he's known for, mm-hmm. or you know that are maybe new to him are like, oh yeah, that's a guy from Boston legal. My grandma watched it or, <laughs> or, you know, something like that. But mm-hmm. again, I haven't seen the show yet and I would, I, I don't know. I'm not a TV writer or anything, but I would think that if it really is just a show about this young guy who moves back in with his dad and the dad says all these things and, and then there's the family and all this, mm-hmm. well, okay. So it's just a show about, uh, a, uh, a grumpy old man is one thing if it was a show about that this kid decides to put it out on Twitter Mm. and what happens because of that Mm. and you know it may be getting to the point where every time the dad says something he's going you're not you're not gonna tweet this (laughs) or whatever I don't know that seems to me like it it might because it it, then it would be a sitcom about a person who's just a regular old person suddenly living their life in Mm. the public eye Mm -hmm. when they weren't Planning on that—that that they don't do anything to to mm-hmm. bring the spotlight to themselves. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been watch or you know, reading some of the the reviews of critics and stuff who see these things early, and some are saying this is just plain bad and, mm-hmm. and forget about it, and others are saying if. I'm really looking forward to this. Or if anything's going to make this a success, it will be the fact that it's William Shatner. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be on Thursday nights at eight thirty. I just found that out.
0: <laughs> Thank you for the shill. Yes, <laughs> thanks, well.
1: Bill. And uh, so we'll we'll just have to see. Yeah, I would love for it to be another
0: big success. Yeah, for our guy. For our guy, I know. I I um think about what he had said. Way back when, when he said he never wanted to do another TV series. It mm-hmm. was too much work. And they managed to get around that on Boston Legal. And I wonder if it's going to be a similar challenge for him on this show to be working as much as he wants to, but not so much that it becomes onerous to him. Well, and that
1: was part of why he accepted Boston Legal, was it wasn't a lead. Mm-hmm. And the character certainly grew and became more, uh, a more... Um, central part of the show Mm -hmm. that I think was originally intended, and he seemed to be fine with it because it it was such a good role, and Mm -hmm. I think he enjoyed it, and he enjoyed the challenge of it. This one, he's going into it knowing he's the lead. Mm -hmm.
0: So I just wonder, and I wonder if, if, if it did become successful, whether he would have to change, make there be changes so that it wasn't so hard for him. To have well, to be there it's, it's
1: like in one of the, the things, you know, that his daughter had filmed talking in his dressing room, and someone came in to tell him that he had, you know, he'd put in this request to have these two days off two weeks later, and, and that it was okay, mm-hmm. that they could manage without him. And he was very happy because that meant he could go to this horse show that mm-hmm. he wanted to go to. Well, if this is, a, you know... One of these things, and as I understand it, where you go into the sitcom and you rehearse every day and then you film on Thursday night or whatever Mm -hmm. in front of the audience, it's not like you can go two days a week without somebody who's in most of the The scenes. scenes. Yeah, exactly. So it could be very, that part of it could be challenging, but Bill is up to any challenge. well, of course. Of course, he's Bill. He's Bill. He can
0: do it. (laughs) I was just thinking that I'm, so I, watched, of course, watched Seinfeld when it was on, mm-hmm. and it was brilliant for a good long time before yes. it got kind of weird toward the end. And one of the best things about that show was the way that they used other actors who you might have seen before, but you never saw them in that context. And I loved Jerry Stiller. He was brilliant in that role, mm-hmm. and they wrote that role for him. In such a way that that he was crazy, he was yes. really crazy. But Jerry Stiller brought this this weird energy to it and his own sort of stilted way of performing. And I think most of the people who watch a show had no idea who he was. Really? I don't think so. Oh, I knew who well, he was. A, well, <laughs> no. yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I'm me. People like you and me, but yeah. but a lot of people didn't know who he was. So mm-hmm. that was sort of a, a renewal for him. And then he's got some other role on where he's show. basically playing the, the same, same thing. character, yes, right? Yes. But that was a good way of, of showing that he was able to do something else. And it mm-hmm. was a really good comedy role. And he wasn't the main character, he was just no. a, a, a side character. And I would love it if there could be something like that for Bill, where he could play a really, really, some really broad comedy. Not like the big giant head thing on Thoroughly. No, I mean, that was, was his whole different
1: thing, yeah. But
0: but just a, a quirkier, really broadly funny character, mm-hmm. kind of in that way. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really awesome. Mm hmm and might be better suited for him in the long run. You
1: case. know what might be a, a good role for him is um, some sort of a comedy like, uh, I don't know, maybe set at a college where there are where the focus is mostly on, let's say, the students, mm-hmm. but there are, are one or two rather quirky professors, as there are at every college, mm-hmm. who sort of come in and out of it. That might be like something fun for him
0: mm-hmm. yeah, to do. I could see that. That could work for him. Mm-hmm. So, I guess my preference is to see him on TV just because we get to see more of him. Yes. yes. So I'd like him to have a good TV role that's not going to burn him out mm-hmm. on TV. Um, I guess I'm a little worried about that happening with this show if it's successful. Yeah. But isn't there a statistic about TV shows the way there is about restaurants or um, new businesses that 80% of them fail in the first... <laughs>
1: I think it's much higher than that. Much higher than that? Is it really? Much higher than that. Now, I do know, and you probably know, um, that if you're self-employed or or own your own business, that at at least at the time when we bought our first house, Mm -hmm. I had been in business for myself for a little while, and we had just crossed the line, which at that time was five years. Mm -hmm. And if you had been in business for yourself for five years and could actually show income and everything, then they regarded that in the loan application, the same way they regarded a regular job. Mm-hmm. Less than that, they wanted all kinds of, you know, documentation mm-hmm. and everything else. So we were just past the line. But I know that statistic is about in the first three years, yeah. most of them go under. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And so do you, what is the percentage for new TV series? Is it like 99%?
1: <laughs> I don't think it's 99, but I bet it's 90.
0: I think I probably agree with you.
1: But, oh you know, goodness. I don't know how TV works, and I never did. But, you know, these shows that are real hot right now and have been for years and years, Law & Order, mm. I've never seen them.
0: <laughs> I've never seen one single episode of that. I used to watch a lot of Law & Order. I've never seen any of the spin off shows. But um, for a while there, they had really good actors, and uh, it was interesting. And then, I don't know, after I'd seen 100 episodes, it was like, okay, I'm bored with this now. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing over and over
1: well, what happened to me, and I was telling some friends about this just a week or so ago, is um, for a while there, I was doing show after show after show, or a show with not too much break before the next mm-hmm. one, and TV just was not part of my life. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what was going on, and so then when I finally did take a break and was able to watch evening TV again, it had changed a lot, mm. and I'm by by no means a prude, I don't Mm -hmm. think I am, but they were doing stuff and saying things, and I was going, they can do that on TV? (laughs) But because, you know, the last time I'd seen TV had been several years earlier, or Mm -hmm. seen it on a regular enough basis to go, oh my God, they they have openly gay characters, you know, (laughs) which is fine with me, but Mm -hmm. I was just surprised that they had finally abandoned that stupid rule, you know? yeah. So, I I don't know really what's going on TV, which is great. I have no dedication to it. I pick um, and choose and watch my my 3 4 shows that I like, mm-hmm. and that's about it.
0: Yeah. I I watch hardly any regular TV. Um I watch a lot of the um the really weird reality shows that are on like uh The Learning Channel. So, mm-hmm. the ones about the hoarders. I really like those shows. <laughs>
1: Well, I have to admit, I can get really hooked and watch an entire evening of House Hunters. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely. I I love those Because that's
1: almost like a game show. (laughs) You know, door number one, door number two, door number three, and then at the end, which one will they take? And you're Mm. going, house number two, take house number two. Why did you take that house? It's horrible. You Um, know,
0: so. I always liked a show that, I don't know if it's on anymore, but it was called Moving Up, and it was, um, they followed three couples, essentially. The first couple was moving, like, from an apartment to a house, and then they followed the people... Um, into whose house they were moving, who were moving Mm -hmm. into a bigger house. And then the third couple was the ones who moved out of that bigger house. And the the punchline at the end was that they would bring those two couples back to see what the new people had done to their house.
1: Oh, I've seen something like that. I don't know if it was moving up. Here's what would be a good show. It's called What Would William Shatner Do? Uh And this crew... With someone with bongos, mm-hmm. basically follows Bill everywhere and films things. Mm-hmm. And then there are, Bill just gets into situations, or he's asked, "Do you want to do mm-hmm. this?" or or whatever. And so they show these bits of film to people, and mm-hmm. then they stop, and they go, "What will William Shatner do?" Mm-hmm. And you guess. And if you're the one who guesses, you know that that Bill will skydive without mm-hmm. a parachute, mm-hmm. um, then uh,
0: then you win some sort of prize. Oh, I like that. That show could play forever. Yeah. Yeah. It could be on every night. It could be. It could be on all the time. Because uh-huh. everything that Bill gets involved with involves some kind of decision like that. Yes, some big decision. <laughs> and it is, and
1: it, it's, it's you know it's not oh should I have orange juice or tomato no, juice? It's no, no, not no, no, at no. that level. You know yeah. it's it's at the the level at which Bill lives his life.
0: That's true. Is Bill going to get up from this motorcycle accident and go to the hospital, or is he going to go to his grandchildren's birthday party,
1: or the MTV Awards because he's forgotten um, that was thirty years
0: ago? Bang. And it, you know just bang, it just bang. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That would be a great show. Uh I would really like that. Yeah. Just following him around, Mm -hmm. seeing what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. What would William Shatner do? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or
1: you could have people who are faced with decisions. Mm.
0: And have Bill advise them. Well, (laughs)
1: and, you know, have like this, I hate to use this term, but I can't come with something else, life coach. Sort of walking them through the decision. What are the what are the different things? Mm-hmm. And then finally it comes down to, okay, what would William Shatner do? Mm-hmm. And then there's Bill on a big screen going, I would yes. go for it. You know, you're never going to well, have the
0: chance again. That's so. always his advice. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much.
1: <laughs> but the thing is, because Bill is so interested in everything that's mm-hmm. going on and in other people. We see this with his interview show, with everything. Mm-hmm. he He's... He's not doing it because he wants to read questions off a card. Mm -hmm. He's really having real conversations. Mm -hmm. I think Bill would put actual thought into whatever the decision is. You know, this kid's deciding should he go straight to college or should he work for a few years, you Mm -hmm. know, what
0: should he do? Mm -hmm. And I think Bill would put real thought into that. I completely agree. I think that would be an awesome show. It's kind of like that that. (laughs) that
1: old Saturday Night Live sketch, um, Let's Ask Elvis. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, it was in the real early ones, but um, it had this psychic. I think it was Lorraine Newman, mm-hmm. and people would call into her TV show, and uh, and you know, what should I do? This is my problem, and she would you know do the whole psychic thing mm-hmm. and say, "Let's ask Elvis," <laughs> and then they would pan to this um, this all white uh, statue of Elvis's head, and the camera going slowly around it, and then you'd hear someone doing an mm-hmm. Elvis impersonation going. Well, darling, you know, I think you should eat the peanut butter sandwich. You know, whatever it was. But they did it a few times. It was called Let's Ask Elvis. Uh,
0: I don't remember that. That's That's so what funny. it would be like, except Bill wouldn't be dead. That's right. Oh, that would be great. I would love to be able to ask Bill for advice in my life sometimes. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. Advice from if Bill. If you
1: could just call him up. He's your buddy, and you call him up and say, what should I do? you know, should I, should I do this? Should I work for this? your client that just makes me miserable, but we need the money right now. What should I do?
0: Yeah. He would tell you. He would tell you. And then he'd say, come on over. Yeah. Let's have dinner. And hold hands. And hold hands. <laughs> Before we wrap this up, because I sense we're coming to the, the wrapping of this, I just want to say, and I know I've told you this like five times, but I can't help it. We, several, several shows ago, we talked about the jet ski story. Yes. I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> I want to know what happened. I want to know about Bill jet skiing in Hawaii.
1: And the Coast Guard. And the
0: Coast Guard. Or whatever they are. He's way, way out past the buoys. (laughs) And they come up on the boat. And they're like, sir. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. Sir, you have
1: to go back behind
0: Uh, the buoys. And
1: Bill's just. (laughs) He says,
0: no, I don't. I'm William Shatner. Sorry, excuse us.
1: <laughs> have
2: a nice day.
0: Live long and prosper. Oh, oh, shit. You shouldn't have said that. Now I think she's a jerk. I want to know. I want to talk to those guys on the boat. I want to yes. know what they did. I, like, did they know when they went out there it was him? And mm-hmm. then when they realized it was him, did they have like a little huddle on the boat? And they mm-hmm. went, oh, my God, it's William Shatner. Of course they did. Oh, what do we do? What do we do? he doesn't want to come back. What are we going to do? We can't make him come back. He's got the car What are we going to do? <laughs> and they're all like talking to each other and then what the brave one finally goes, Okay, I'll, I'll take care of this. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be fun to talk to a number of people like that, like the cops who pulled him <laughs> yes. over for speeding and, you know, things like that. Or oh,
0: I just want to know what the backstory was and what they did. See, I think what they I didn't... liked
1: your comment about they, they didn't talk about the... Uh, what was the contest he won? You made something up. It was really funny. <laughs>
0: I don't remember. Oh,
1: He was riding on the backs of dolphins <laughs> to win the, the water skiing contest or something. Yes. It was great. It was so Bill.
0: Um, I think all, all that probably happened. But I, I want to know if <laughs> so the guys in the boat, and they're like, okay, Mr. Shatner. And he goes, oh. I think what they did was they couldn't leave because they were really scared that he would get in trouble and right. they wouldn't be able to help him. So they kind of lurked.
1: When, and Bill would see this as a game, just like a little kid seeing how far he can push it. So he'd just keep skiing out further and further, and they'd be coming a, you know, up towards him, and he'd let him get a little uh, bit of close, and they'd go, Bill, you're really going to go too far.
0: <laughs> and every time we go a little farther, the guys on the boat are going, Come on, come on, we can't let him go too far. He's William Shatner, we him Shatner. him. What oh, my God, what's going to happen? If we let William Shatner die, it's over. <laughs> the world will hate us.
1: And then That's he, true, I
0: hadn't thought of all that. And then when he finally, finally got tired, it was you know time to have lunch, and he came back in, they were like, oh, God, I'm so relieved. Now we can go back and relax and not talk about this to anyone. <laughs> Except then Brian Evans goes and talks about right, it to right. the newspaper. So I just had this whole thing built up in my mind now about Bill on the Well, it's ski.
1: possible he got so far out and he ran out of gas, and they had to haul him in, and <laughs> he gave
0: them all autographs, and... That might have he might have invited them all to lunch yeah. to a luau or something. Yeah, I don't know. Anything is possible. Ag- anything. So I just like to think about it because it makes me happy. Good. It really does. And I just love the idea of Bill at the age of whatever seventy eight on a jet ski mm-hmm. <laughs> in Hawaii, just cruising.
1: Yep, and and taunting the the Coast Guard or whatever they are with his billness.
0: Yes, I'm William Shatner. Of course I can. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Got me thinking of that Eddie Izzard bit about everybody in Rome's on these little motorbikes <laughs> and even the Pope's riding around going, "ciao." Oh. <laughs> I'm the Pope. Ciao, ciao. ciao.
0: <laughs> and then Bill came back and Elizabeth said, So how was it, dear? He's like, Oh, it was fine. Anything exciting happened? No. No, it's just fun being out there on the
1: waves, the sun, you know, the
0: water. Just, just it's an, great. a normal day. Yeah. A normal day in the life of Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All
1: right. Okay, I think that is the wrapping I, I point. Think that's it. The and tipping th- point. I the think, crux
0: point. Um, we have even an interview to stick on the end of this. Okay. So we're we're doing it. We're getting through them. I think there are still a few yeah. left, but we're gonna do it.
1: Well, and we'll we'll just probably wrap those up when it's time for our next chat point. That's right.
0: And uh, who knows what we'll do then? Maybe we'll have people beaming in and Ooh, out. Oh, that would be good. We'll do a live show. Okay. So um, there's that, and then I think the next time we do a show, we'll be able to talk about shit my dad says and yeah. say yay or nay on that. It'd yeah. Good. So, I hope you guys watch it and let us know what you think about the show. That's right. And be sure to get into the When Does Kitty Move Pool? That's right. Because we need to know. Because by the time you hear this, I may be
1: gone. That's true. I may have moved. Or and, not. And you, might, <laughs> and you might win the prize. Yeah.
0: It'll be a good craptastic prize. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A Shatnerific prize. <laughs> All right. That's it. We're definitely stopping now. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Get back
1: here. look at his butt Mary Shapmoy you're on the air <laughs> Awesome. We we are talking to Itty. And uh, this is our our phone-in part. And Itty is a friend from several years back. We met you at the Sacramento Con, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And you came I to t- our room party. And- yeah,
0: the room party that got written up in the newspaper. I yes,
1: that. <laughs> and that Dominic Keating was too drunk to even come to. That's
0: right. Wow, his loss. <laughs> really, how can you be too drunk to
1: go to a fan room party?
2: <laughs> I think he's always too drunk.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think so.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, calling into our show. We've been having a blast talking to people. It's awesome to, to talk to the listeners. So, we have three questions for you. And the, okay. fir- the first question is, how did you get into Trek? What are your earliest Trek experiences?
2: Oh, gosh, I was very, very little. And I remember, it must have been their third season when they came on, like, Friday nights at 10 or late. Mm-hmm. For me, it was it was a very late time to be up. And I, only if we had company did I get to stay up that late. And I remember seeing Kirk and Spock. And I was like, hmm, they're interesting. And... um They, you know, it was over my head at the time, but then I never saw it again until it came under syndication. And mm, early teens, maybe if that old. And you know, so I I first fell in love with Kirk. Then I decided, no, I think he's a smartass, and I think I like Spock. (laughs) And and then I went back. Now he's hot. I like I, I like Kirk, and then now I like both of them. But Kirk is still my man.
0: Oh, that's great. Um, and did you watch any of the other uh, Trek series after that?
2: Not if I had to. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I cannot stand Picard. Um, I love Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I do not like the character of Picard. I do not like Riker. Um, that show just, and Wesley, you know, we don't even have to go there. <laughs> uh, Deep, uh, Voyager, couldn't stand. Deep Space Nine, I liked. Mm-hmm. I just didn't follow it consistently. <laughs> Enterprise Enterprise I liked. I mean, I like Scott Bakula. I liked the beginnings of it. It's just when they got into this whole Zindi thing mm-hmm. that I was like, excuse me, I think McCoy would've bitched at some point or other about half of Florida being blown away. You know, <laughs> so that that whole premise there, I'm like, again, you're just screwing around with canon. <laughs> oh. So dismissed it <laughs>
0: have you seen all of the movies
2: Uh, I watched up through I, f- I saw First Contact mm-hmm. and then I saw I didn't watch any of just the plain TNG people cannot be bothered mm-hmm. um, and then of course I watched the movie last year
0: mm-hmm. and which one of the, the um, movies with the original cast was your favorite
2: oh it was Wrath of Khan
1: Now, Eddie, I want to ask you a question we haven't asked anybody else, because you have gone to at least one Shatner weekend, right?
2: I've been to two, correct.
1: You've been to two. Okay. Um, And I'm assuming you had a great time. I did. I did. Since you went back a second time. Are you going this year?
2: No. um, Bubbles has had surgery, and so funds are a little low. And uh, But I am going to go to the uh, convention in August because um, Frockett's taking pity on me and letting me room with her for, like, nothing.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. And that's the one in Vegas, correct? Yes. Well, I was wondering if, um, just if you thought the same thing I thought. Which was, um, the news came out a couple weeks ago that the performer at uh, the Shatner weekend, instead of being Cheryl Crow, has been replaced by Shara McLaughlin. Oh. And all I yeah. think was, is is Bill going to read some chaos poetry or, or something
2: while she sings? <laughs> you never know what he's going to do. <laughs> I mean, he's he's flitting around during those events you know nonstop. stop so um if he could get if he can get up on stage with her he he will
0: I think <laughs> and, so oh I think he'd be doing a duet with her just as soon as he could get up there and yeah saying things like he said when we were there you'll never meet a bigger whore than me
2: <laughs> and that's so true it oh, is. yes
0: it was a, and that's why it was good because it was a true statement and everybody knew it was true right you yeah. know the
1: whole Bill Schills yeah. is uh is amazing yeah
0: so that leads right into our second question, which is: Oh, ready? Or says, what do you love most about Bill?
2: Uh, I just love how much he's in love with himself. A, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just—he is just happy when it's when he's on, and he's on, you know, uh, almost all the time. It's very different, as and as you probably could tell at Shatner Weekend, he's. More relaxed um he 's still kind of scared of us we 're all little stalkers to him, but it's not it's not in a in a bad way. I really just think that he doesn't understand why he has fans, why people want to follow him or 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 even meet him in that regard. that makes him because it 's like somebody coming and staring at you as you do your job mhm. Bill thinks that acting is just like anybody else's job. You go in, you do you do your work and then you go home. And uh so you don't have people coming and staring at you as you do your work or or having a fan club at the kitty lithograph party, you know, at whatever your function is. So I think he thinks we're a bit strange in that regard and so At a convention, you know, on stage, he is on. He is a dynamo. He's a fireball. He will say or do anything. He's uh, just bigger than life. But when he's off stage and he's doing the autographs or the photograph session or thing, you know he's just like, somebody please shoot me and take me out of this now.
1: Well, he's sort of one foot in each world at that point. Of you know, just his regular life, his horses and everything. But also the fans are there and he, you know, has set this up. He must acknowledge them. He can't just say, Stop taking my picture, go away, weirdos. So
2: No, he's and he's very sweet. <laughs> oh, there. yes, I mean,
1: he is. He's delightful.
2: And and but anybody who goes and sees him at a convention and does like the photo ops and those kind of things with him gets a whole different side of Bill as opposed to the weekend. And some people are put off by that. But I think, okay, look how many people are that came just for photo ops and those kind of things. And he has to sit there and basically be mauled by Mm -hmm. anywhere from 400 to 1,200 people. And that's a lot to ask somebody to do year in and year year out. Whereas the newer people, like Zach or Quinto, Mm-hmm. Uh, baby Spock, as I call him, <laughs> Baby Spock was like, "Hi, how you doing?" You know, well, Bill can't say hi, how how you doing to that many people, and they not want to talk back to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just try to think of it as that he's, um, it's it's part of the job, and he uh, just kind of distances himself away from it. But I don't see him as being rude.
1: And, no. Um, I have noticed, too, in in many of those pictures I've seen from those photo ops with the fans, and I've never done one, but in in very few of them, is he actually smiling or looking, you know, happy, whereas the other day, I was looking at my picture of me with him at the fan weekend, Mm -hmm. and he is, you know, smiling very sincerely, there's Bill and his horse and me, and, you know, and, and I didn't just stand there and, you know, let my picture get taken, I said, hi, Bill, I'm Kitty, you know, so that at least. He had to acknowledge there was another human being there. And it's a wonderful picture.
2: Oh yeah. And then see the first year it was us and doodles.
1: Right. The right. last
2: year the last year Doodles wasn't in it. Doodles was in the group shot. Oh and and we were one on one. But in the group shot, I was right behind Bill. And then he says, Oh, we're gonna bring in the horse So he says, You he's talking to me, he says, You have to move over a little bit and I said, Okay, so I move over and here comes the horse And so, I've kind of got a hold of the rein or some part of the horse. I don't know. I'm touching the horse because I have to stretch to be up over his head, you know, because they say, you know, stare at the camera so you be sure you're in the shot. Well, the horse gets a little – we have several shots, and then the horse gets a little fretful. He looked at me, and he said, are you doing anything untoward the horse? And I said, (laughs) not on purpose. (laughs) so – he, he just went, okay, you know, and then they took the horse out and we got our one on one shot. So he now, accused
1: you of horse molesting.
2: That's right. <laughs> and, and only because the horse was in the way, you know, that was the, the only issue. But when we were doing our one on one shots, he flirted <gasps> with, and because uh, he said, How are you doing? Oh. And, and I finally got a hold of those shoulders. You know, I told you how in Sacramento I didn't get a chance to touch him because I was uh-huh. trying to be good oh boy <laughs> arm went around and everything and and i'm five eight five eight and a half barefoot and then i had on shoes that probably make me about two inches taller and we were pretty close to eye level i mean i, mm-hmm. I was taller but not by much i mean bill does not present as a short man um and but there was nothing that felt 70 anything about him. His shoulders feel very, very good. And, um, a fellow fan, you know her, but I, since I, we haven't discussed mentioned names, I won't say her name. Uh, she's a, one of them more taller of us. She's taller than me.
1: I know who you mean. Okay.
2: Okay. She, in her shot with Bill, um, She bent her knees and kind of let herself, you know, she kept the rest of her straight, but she bent her knees. And he turned around and looked at her whenever. And he said, I suppose you think this is funny. (laughs) (laughs) And all the, she didn't say anything. We just kind of went, (laughs) and that's all he said everything. She took her picture and she moved on. I said, you know, he doesn't like that. (laughs) But. And then the um, the twins from England were they there?
1: Not the time we went. No.
2: Okay. Well, they're very very petite. They're barely five foot, or to me they seem that way because they can run underneath my arms. And he put his arms around them and said, "Maybe if we water you, y'all grow." You know, and. So- <laughs> and of course they ate that up and, yes. so, and he, so he had and there were 40 or 42 of us wow. year before last because mm-hmm. it was it was a much bigger crowd mm-hmm. and but he had himself slathered in sunscreen so the picture itself is a good shot as far as he's smiling and I'm hugging him and I'm mm-hmm. happy and you know but he looks like Casper the ghost and I want. <laughs> I wanted to say, Liz, 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 could you not wipe this in and not let the child go out like that? But, I mean, it was, it was close to 100 degrees. So, I mean, I know he had to not get cooked because he was writing and he this was the last season of Boston Legal.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And we went on the set, but he was, um, they had said, there's too many of us it's again like the last day or something close mm-hmm. to that they had other guests on the set so we were only going to get to be on the other set the one that they weren't filming mm-hmm. and um she but we got to wander around do anything we wanted to pretty much on that set in fact we actually got a picture made on the stairway um oh, you know we're scary. not supposed to have a camera but mm-hmm. the um the assistant had a well, it wasn't her camera, it was one of our liaisons' camera, who um, I guess it just happened to be in her purse. And so we all got on the stage and the assistant, uh, I mean, on the steps, and the assistant took our picture. So we have a nice picture of those steps, that one that Denny used to sing on. And then Bill had come and spoken to us, and he said, I've got to go to wardrobe. And uh, he said, I'll be right back 45 minutes later, or however long. We were entertaining ourselves, going through, snooping around and everything and sitting in the chair, playing on the balcony, um, looking at the espresso machine, all those things. Um, He comes back, and he says, I'm sorry. He said, I got caught up doing publicity. Excuse me. And um, so he says, but I'll get to see you on the set later, right? well this and he turns and looks at the assistant and she looks at him like oh you have got me so so set up here i cannot say no and she went sure <laughs> and he gave her that grin you know he knew oh, of course he knew and he put her right dead on the spot and everything so we got to go on the set and um five at a time and Spend some time and they were filming. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they were. I think that was the scene where Bill was cross examining the, um, he was a judge, but it, he was suing for like his state to succeed from the oh, union. Right, or-
1: right, right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep.
2: Where Bill's doing the, the cross or where Denny's doing the cross and saying about the, um, oh God, what was it? Something about Nixon and the, uh, Oh, you get a lollipop. That that part, he says. Well, you know, you know, you win a lollipop or something like mm-hmm. that. So we were getting ready to leave. I mean, we filmed, we watched him film it, and we were trying to get out. Well, they went right back to an immediate take, and we didn't get out the door. And so she said for us to shut the door, so we got to watch it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. So I was like, oh, ain't that too bad? Yeah. That we- <laughs>
1: That is fantastic. Oh, Oh, good. good. I'm glad we got you to to talk a little bit to us about Shatner Weekend. So um, bringing the topic back to us. Okay. (laughs) Because
0: it's all about us. uh, Yes.
1: We want to ask, what would you like to hear on the show? Maybe something you'd like us to do more of or something we've never done that you'd really like us to take on?
2: Mm. God, I don't know. Um, y'all usually are pretty entertaining on your own, right? You, <laughs> you're all. <laughs> um, I don't know. You you, um, pretty much cover all kinds of topics. Some more than others. Uh, you know the,
0: uh, <laughs> No.
2: <laughs> no, of course not. You know. Um,
0: Is there? You a bit- have. Maybe an episode that we haven't talked about that you'd like us to watch and talk about?
2: Well, in fact, any episode that you do, I mean, that would always be a nice tidbit to to any of the podcast is to do a mini review of an episode Mm -hmm. and um, maybe not as in-depth as making it the whole, you know, the whole uh, podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, how Trek movie, not Trek movie, but Trek horror, or whatever it is on my Yahoo page, they used to do have, like, the uh, retro review, and they would have a little summary.
1: Right, right. That's on, and, um, I know what, Trek Today does that. Yeah, Trek yeah. Today.
2: That's it. They used to, well, and they still do it, but they're off on other uh, shows now, so I don't right. pay any attention to that. But um, something only unique to the but girls perspective like uh, Eve alerts mm-hmm. uh perk <laughs> light those kind of things that's that's important to review each episode and do it <laughs> just for that cuz i i had did something similar for the group page and i was talking about how in charlie x he's he keeps changing shirts i mean at, mm-hmm. at one point he's He's talking to Charlie, and then he goes up on the uh, to the bridge through the lift. He gets off. He's got a whole, whole complete different mm-hmm. shirt. So, but if you're just casually watching the episode, you don't catch that, right? But if you're watching it for homework, as a as I deemed it, mm-hmm. you notice you notice the lighting. You notice how they backlight Spock and make his colors all cool and blue, mm-hmm. and how when you know then the scene where uh, Spock and Kirk are playing chess. Kirk's all warm, and mm-hmm. all of his colors and the lighting on him's warm. Spock's cool. It's got a, a almost a white blue light on him, and it makes him it makes his hair just glisten, and uh, the coloring on that. But it's 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 the cold against the 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 warmth, mm-hmm. and uh, so I wish they'd have had that same cinematographer throughout all three seasons.
1: Yeah, yeah. by season three they weren't bothering with anything like that but no. yeah those uh in some of those first season and, and even into second season shows the lighting is just so beautiful mm-hmm. and and adds so much to it it's
2: fantastic. oh and Kurt walking through the bri I mean through the corridor all glistening in sweat and everything uh yeah. I'm like yeah you just can't go wrong there
1: Yeah, that's true <laughs> well Eddie I think we're going to wrap this up um, okay. But it has been so great talking to you again. Yeah. And we are definitely going to do more phone ins. And who knows? I don't know if we have any plans or if we're going to be able to make any plans to go to Vegas this year. But that might be a good time to get together, too.
2: That would be awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. We'll be right. there. Thank you so much. And happy, happy Shatmoy.
2: Ah. Obviously, it's happy, happy Shatmoy for what? Another. 48 hours, maybe? Can we sneak that much in? I think so. I think yeah, so. At least that much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Happy Hanukkah then, too.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye bye.
2: All right. Bye.